Under existing doctrine, the Fourth Amendment may not be construed to regulate Facebook, which is a private corporation, not the government. And even if there were enough state action to trigger the Constitution, the Court has come close to saying that we have no expectation of privacy in public places. Here's another scenario that could occur in the not-so-distant future. As genetic selection becomes more advanced, couples who use in vitro fertilization are increasingly selecting embryos on the basis of sex, height, sexual orientation, and even intelligence. In response to concerns about the new eugenics, imagine that several states enact laws banning genetic screening for non-therapeutic purposes. These laws are then challenged before the Supreme Court as a violation of the personal liberty and autonomy protected by the Due Process Clause of the Constitution. Existing case law, however, offers little guidance about whether the right to have offspring, recognized in cases such as Roe v. Wade, includes an unlimited right to select the characteristics of those offspring. And here's a third possibility. As brain scans become increasingly sophisticated, they're becoming de rigueur in death penalty trials, where defense lawyers routinely seek to introduce Functional Magnetic Resonance Imaging, or FMRI, scans to prove that their clients were unable to control their violent impulses. This is a kind of my-brain-made-me-do-it defense. Well, under the relaxed evidentiary standards for capital sentencing, this evidence is usually admitted, and lawyers predict that neuro-law evidence will increasingly transform the legal system, calling into question traditional ideas of moral responsibility. Some scholars already claim that neuroscience should lead the legal system to jettison retribution as a goal of criminal punishment, since it's unfair to hold people responsible for actions that are predetermined by their brains rather than chosen by their free will. Well, alternatively, imagine that in the future, brain scans can predictably identify people with dangerous propensities to violence. And imagine that a state predicates a civil commitment on the results of the scans. Should the Supreme Court strike down efforts to hold people responsible for their propensities rather than their actions as an unconstitutional bill of attainder? Or is punishment for propensity different from the procedures that concern the framers of the Constitution? namely laws that outlawed specific persons rather than actions without the benefit of a judicial trial. As these examples show, a series of constitutional provisions, including the First, Fourth, Fifth, and Fourteenth Amendments, provide no clear answers, at least as currently interpreted, to the question of how we can preserve American values like privacy, property, and free speech in the face of dramatic and rapid technological change. What explains this challenge? Part of the answer, as we'll see, is that the paradigmatic cases that animated the framers of the Constitution to protect our rights of privacy, property, and free speech in the 18th century no longer provide clear guidance in the 21st century. Consider the Fourth Amendment, which says the following, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures 
shall not be violated. When the framers of the U.S. Constitution prohibited unreasonable searches and seizures of our persons, houses, papers, and effects in 1791, they were thinking about the search of one person's house in particular, that of the British rabble-rouser John Wilkes. Wilkes's suit against King George's minions for breaking into his London house and rifling through his private papers in 1763 was so galvanizing for the American revolutionaries like John Adams and John Hancock that they insisted that the fate of Wilkes and America must stand or fall together. The case arose after King George III was upset by an anonymous pamphlet called North Britain No. 45, criticizing his support of the Paris Peace Treaty of 1763. It also accused Lord Bute, the Foreign Secretary, of having an affair with...